It's game time. Bill and T and talking sports. You're listening to the Game Day T podcast mm-hmm. with your host, my name, D. Hello, everybody. This is the Game Day T. I'm your host, D. Gill, and I have a very special guest with me today, Etienne Naduya. Welcome to the Game Day T. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. No problem. Thank you for your time in beautiful, sunny Florida. I I wanted to talk to you because I saw that, you know, you were a tennis player, right? And like, hey, because I don't know any tennis players. (laughs) And you had to say, what, I'm 31 years old. You don't know any tennis players? Yeah, I'm 31 years old and I don't know any tennis players. And you're the first one. So thank you for joining me today on my podcast. Yeah, no problem. Um, I actually did play football in college. But after I graduated um, college, um, I started playing tennis whenever I could. So um, that's primarily the main sport and pretty much the only sport that I play right now, (laughs) just because it's my life passion. It's one of my life passions and mm-hmm. I definitely just love playing it and watching it as well. Okay. So before we get into that, please let everybody know, uh, what do you identify as in your pronoun? Sure. Um, I identify as he, him, his for my pronouns. And do you uh, identify as gay? Yes. Okay. All right. So there we are. There we go. Everybody listening. Football. You Are we talking like soccer, football? Are we talking about real like football, American football? Like which one are we talking about now? You're talking about American football. I don't know the first thing about soccer. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have the physical requirements to play soccer at all. <laughs> okay, please tell me how you got into that because that is such a physical sport, and I love hearing about gay people playing football because that's my favorite sport as well. Oh, okay, so um, my dad got me into the sport when I was around ten or so, and so I started playing when I was. Um, yeah, around 10. And then I yeah, played in middle school. Um, I played in high school. And then I was just really good in high school. So then I was able to play in college and move forward with that. So I um, really just started with my dad because my dad was really into football. And, you know, he just wanted to get me into it. Wow. What positions did you play? So in high school and pretty much middle school, too, I played both ways, um, offensive and defensive line. And then when I played in college, um, I just played defensive line. So pretty much defensive end and defensive tackle that I played um, throughout college. Those are my favorite two positions on the field. So whoop whoop to you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, No, I I like getting after the quarterback. So anyways, um, so did you kind of know, you mentioned that you played in middle school and high school. Did you kind of know that you liked guys way back then? Or like, what was your story of like, even coming to the terms that, Hey, I'm a little bit different, and I think this is what I may be. So in middle school, not really. In high school, I think I probably knew that I liked guys, but it was just something that I never confronted Mm -hmm. in high school, just because, especially in high school compared to college, it's a lot more about conforming. And if you aren't the same and aren't like everybody else, then you're definitely going to be sought out and sort of picked on. And so that's just one reason why I really didn't focus on it in high school and try to confront it in high school. So I just, but in high school, I always knew that I felt different from everybody else. Mm. Um, I really didn't confront it until college. Um, 
because I came out my freshman year to um, a few of few non-athlete friends that I came out to, and then um, and that's really when I started to confront my homosexuality. Mm-hmm. And then playing football in college, it was actually sort of, I would say, difficult just because I. I guess I just didn't see football, I guess, in football and homosexuality mixing. And so I, I just also felt that nobody really understood what I was going through. Um, so, and I just never got to be the best version of myself. So that's definitely just my experience having played um, co- football in college. And, you know, I definitely wish I would have done some things differently. But um, overall, it was just an experience that I learned from and, you know, that I definitely use with me just to, um, enhance my life and just have a better life after having played uh, football in college. All right. So did you eventually come out to your teammates or did you kind of like, we just get that kind of separate from your college teammates? So it's funny that you asked that. So for my coming out story, um, I actually didn't come out myself. Somebody else actually outed me. Mm. So um, I went to Williams College um, it's a small liberal arts college um, up in Massachusetts. And every year we have a um, event called Claiming Williams Day. And it's just um, a whole bunch of events and discussions promoting inclusion um, within the community. And um, that year in 2013, Sarah um, Tuolo came. He's a former, um, a gay former NFL player. And he actually came to our school and did this talk about creating a world of tolerance. And I actually got to escort him around the campus. Um, we went to another talk um, throughout the day. And then we ended up going to dinner at a Thai place. And it was about me, six or seven other football athletes and a few other athletes from different teams. And so we were having dinner and then as Sarah asked the question, so this is to the football players, how do you feel about having an out player on your team? And that's what I told him that I didn't tell them that I'm gay and that I came out. And then he just started apologizing profusely to me. Even the next day, he called me and just asked if everything was all right and if there's anything that um, he could do. Um, but overall, it went pretty well. I mean, everyone just responded so well to it. And then I think after um, the dinner, a few of the football guys took me out and just said, you know, we're here for you. Um, yeah. Feel free to come out to the team whenever you're ready. Um, and just being very supportive. So overall, it was a very unexpected, but an overall mm-hmm. positive experience. <laughs> wow. So if you had a chance to do it on your own terms, did you kind of know how you would have wanted it to go, how to come out yourself? Looking back now, yes. Um, that's actually something that I wish I would have done. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something I didn't end up doing after that. I really didn't come out to my team, to my entire team. But looking back, that's actually something that I wish that I had done just for, I don't know, just, I don't know, for overall well-being, uh, better well-being for myself, just both playing and then just um, living on campus. So I think it would have not only would have helped myself, but it also would have helped other, possibly other people on the football team because in a group of 75 to 80 guys, statistically, yeah. I would think that I'm at least not the only LGBTQ person <laughs> on the team. And yeah. so I feel like that start that could have started the conversation mm-hmm. just in terms of LGBTQ inclusion on the team. So, um, but I'm, looking back, that's probably something that I would have done, knowing what I know now and sort of feeling how I do now and just helping, you know, to make a difference and to start that conversation. Okay, so did you feel like there was any type of pressure to perform or to be really good now that you were 
known as a gay football player? No, not. I didn't feel any pressure mm -hmm. after that. Um, quite honestly, I just saw that, you know, on the football field, I always just gave my best in, yeah. on any given day in practice and games. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I always did that. I felt like I left no stone unturned. And, you know, I just always gave my best performance on the field. And, you know, that has nothing to do with my sexual orientation. So I really didn't feel any pressure to perform or to try to be the best on the team or anything like that. Right. Did you have any family support? Or do they know about you to your family? Like, how did that go to support you as a gay athlete? As large as like, I know you said a couple of friends, but what about your family? So for my family, it's actually been nothing from support, nothing but support. I'm very fortunate in that. It's funny because a few days before Sarah outed me, I actually came out to my mom or else I should say maybe she forced me to come out, I should say, because Moms I had Moms know. <laughs> no, how true is that though? Mm -hmm. Because I was on the phone with her and I was talking with her about something and I think I had told her that, you know, during Christmas break or winter break, I had gone down to some, um, I had gotten down to Atlanta. It was for a um, LGBT, LGBTQ convention. It was called Creating Change. And so I went down there for that, but then I told her I went down there for something else. And mm -hmm. she could just tell that I was lying. And then we hung up and then she called me back. And then she just basically told me, you know, what's really going on. And then that's when I came out to her. Now, what's the tea? Now? I, what's really the tea now? Exactly. What's <laughs> really going on? <laughs> yeah, like, girl, like, nah, this, nah, you had it something for me, honey. Like, what's up? Yeah, she, she knew 100%. So, uh -huh. my, I just, so that actually really helped. I think that actually might have helped me out when Sarah outed me, because mm -hmm. had that not happened, I might have responded very differently to that situation. So yeah. I'm actually glad that those two events sort of happened within a few days of each other. Wow, that's pretty awesome. And yeah. And then, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say with my dad, um, I didn't come out to him until a couple of years later, um, because um, a friend, a college friend, um, a college friend of mine and myself, we were watching um, its show called Looking. It's on HBO. And so we were watching that and that sort of inspired me, I guess, to come out to my dad, just how um, the guys, the gay people in the show were living their lives freely. And so um, I came out to my dad probably, I think my senior year, a couple of years later. And so he, again, nothing but support from him. And it was just great. And again, I am very fortunate to be to have that support because I know not everybody does. Right. That's so true. Is your, what is the nationality behind your last name? Um, my last name, Aduya. So, well, I mean, my dad grew up in France okay. and he can speak with French. And so um, I know that's my first name, Etienne. It's French for Steven. So, um, oh, nice. yeah, it's, so yeah, it's French for Steven. And then with my last name, Aduya, um, I would say it's African. Uh, my mm -hmm. dad, um, even though my dad grew up in France, my um, dad's side of the family really originated from the uh, Democratic Republic of Congo, and that's where my dad grew up and um, where much of his family is. So it's definitely more African and just from that part of Africa. For you, for those of you who are listening, you're probably wondering, why did D. Gill just ask that question? So <laughs> because I, I wanted to ask because in Africa, it's, you know, homosexuality, depending on where you go, 
is like poo pooed upon. And so for for your dad's family to be, you know, from the uh, yeah Democratic Republic of Congo. De- Democratic say, Republic of Congo. Okay, <laughs> there we go. Okay, that's pretty amazing for him to be accepting like that. You know, I've talked to other people of different, you know, African backgrounds and cultures and family members, and they're like, no, ma'am, Pam. Mm-mm, I ain't I ain't come out till I left the house, and so like I really feel awesome that you're telling me this story that it was widely accepted by your family. Yeah, I think I'm very fortunate to be in that position, especially as a black person and sort of having that African descent. Um, I think just with my dad, it's really just sort of he sees me as his son and he just loves me no matter yeah. what and for who I am. And I know that's definitely could be difficult for other black people as well just because of that origin from africa and just again as you said in africa in parts of africa homosexuality is so looked down upon on a and crime even exactly a crime and you could even probably even be killed for mm-hmm. being gay so yeah i think that's just something that you know some black people you know do may struggle with just because of their heritage and where they came from mm-hmm. and as far as being an LGBTQ athlete, were on campus, were there any like safe places you can go or like any groups you can go to to feel comfortable within yourself? Yes. So at Williams, there was this um, group called Anything But Straight in Athletics. And it was a safe space for LGBTQ athletes to come, just connect with each other, talk about whatever, but always just have that safe space to meet other people and just feel like you're not alone. Now, with that being said, when I was going there, I don't think there was probably not that many people that came, but, and there weren't any football players that came, but um, I, I was still happy that they had that sort of group just so people, LGBTQ people um, could come, well, LGBTQ athletes could come and really just have a safe space um, where they can be themselves. And I know that's not every not every campus had that, so it's fortunate to have that. A lot of schools, colleges, especially, are making trying to get that safe space for LGBTQ athletes and um, other type of athletes as well that may be struggling with fitting into the normal normal stereotypes of being an athlete. And so I wanted you to talk to a let's go college, right? A college athlete that is probably struggling with their identity or they probably come out, but still struggling with uh, school performance related balance, psychological factors. What would you tell that LGBTQ athlete right now? I would say you're not alone. I would say one thing that I really wish I had done during college was really go to out sports and just look at all the coming out stories that there were and just, you know, seeing the amount of acceptance that um, athletes were getting from their teammates and families. Um, I feel like that's such a huge resource to have when you are an LGBTQ athlete, just having that resource so you can see, you know, connect even if you wanted to with other LGBTQ athletes, see how their experiences were. And I feel like um, when I was in college, I feel like that would have made, I probably wouldn't have felt so alone because you're not in, I just feel like that's so important to have. And that's probably the main thing that I would say, um, just have that resource at Outsports and then really feel free to come out to, you know, people who you're comfortable with coming out to, and then, 
you know, as you start to come out to more people, you know, you start to feel more comfortable with yourself. And I would hope that they would be able to feel like they can be more of themselves. Yeah, that's so true. And uh, I don't take this for granted doing this podcast for Outsports because, um, like you said, so many people could benefit from hearing these stories. And, you know, we all want to be surrounded by like-minded people, people that look like us, sound like us, do things like us. And so if you're hearing this podcast right now, hey, you're not alone out there. You know, you can be an awesome athlete and be proud of who you are And as a member of the LGBTQ community. We have to take a quick, quick, quick break. Don't go anywhere. Keep that tea warm. We'll be right back with the game day tea. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Game Day T. I am your host, D. Gill, and I am talking to Etienne Aduya. Etienne, I wanted to say that, you know, representation within our community is growing in sports, but I feel like there's more work to be done. How do you feel like LGBTQ inclusion can be improved in sports right now? Um, I would say... I mean, one thing I would think there would be, or just have as much visibility as possible, just from out coaches, out athletes, um, sharing their stories, making others feel that they're not alone. I do feel I do feel like that's one huge proponent, just because the more visibility there is, the more representation there is, and then you know others will maybe feel comfortable to come out. And there's power in numbers, so I feel like that's one thing. Um, definitely to um, help with LGBTQ inclusion in athletics. Um, I feel that something else would be just education as well, especially when it does come to coaches um, and sort of upper management. Just definitely sharing the knowledge that there are most likely LGBTQ plus athletes on your team and really depending on the size of your team, I should say. Mm -hmm. Um, But just making coaches aware of that and then just know that athletes and really show them that athletes being accepted does lead to better performance performances which leads to winning because that's what coaches care about is winning and winning you know division titles championships etc and so i would just feel like that's a conversation that does really need to be had with coaches and sort of upper management um showing support using pride stickers rainbow laces whatever sort of visible support of um visible sorry visible support of pride that you'd want to show um i think is important um just as well as coaches saying you know and i would say captains too just saying that no homophobic language or actions are acceptable because i think that helps to create a more inclusive environment and that would make um lgbtq people on the team feel more comfortable um creating safe spaces for lgbtq athletes as we talked about before i think that really helps especially if you're not out and maybe that can help create some confidentiality um, just within that group and having groups like that on college campuses. Um, so I would say those are all the things that I think. Well, and I would say one more thing would probably be just be able to show data and studies just on the acceptance um, of LGBTQ athletes on teams, because I know Outsports recently did a study I think on 20 or so guys who came out, athletes and coaches who came out in 2016, and I think 16 of them all had nothing but positive experiences and four of them had some sort of negative experience, but overall still just had a positive experience. And I think that tells huge, um, I think that's huge because 
you know, data doesn't lie. And I right. think that's just another way to show just how supported LGBTQ athletes are when it does come to coming out to their teams. Now, with that being said, not everyone has a positive experience, yep. but it is for the most part, overwhelmingly positive. So those are the things that I would say that could really help mm -hmm. um, with LGBTQ inclusion in sports. And that's actually something that I'm trying to work on at my alma mater, Williams College, just really trying to help with LGBTQ inclusion and working with the health, not the health, the athletic department, mm -hmm. and just seeing what I can do to help because I definitely don't want other athletes to feel the way that I felt playing sports and being gay at Williams. And I just want to change that moving forward just for all athletes who do fall into that category. So that's something that I'm sort of initially starting to work with the college as well, having graduated a few years ago. That's awesome. And what would you say to the people that are that are in the group of, well, you're trying to force it down our throats and like, we don't, I don't want my kids seeing this and why does it even needed? What do you say to those people? I say, girl, get over it. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I say it's needed because there are all different types of people in this world. And mm -hmm. I think people need to understand that and see that because I know parents may want to believe one thing, but you know, if I don't know, I think it's just so important to have that representation and visibility. And I just say, you know, they're relevant. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just, no. it's it's so important just to have that because you can't change who you are because we are who we are. We can't change that. And that's we, we should be proud of who we are. And I think that just shows and I think that proudness shows in coming out and just having that visibility. Right. And to add to that for me personally, like there are kids out there killing themselves you know, severely depressed because they don't feel like they fit in. They feel different. They don't see people like them. They're being told in their own household sometimes that that is not right. You're going to go to hell. You're, you know, you can't live in my house. You have to leave if you're gay. And so with more representation within the LGBTQ community and sports, especially because like what kid really doesn't play sports at a young age? I mean, they practically threw it in our faces when we were younger right pe and all the other stuff which i don't mind because i like sports but it's like we need to see more representation because there are literally lives on the line as well yeah i definitely yeah i 100 agree with that because even in college i mean sorry not college but in high school i suicide was something that i thought about because mm -hmm. i don't know i just sort of felt trapped just in terms of you know, playing football, but then, you know, still feeling different and feeling like I couldn't talk to anybody. And so, I mean, fortunately, that's something that I never attempted or tried, but even just having thoughts about it, I feel like that's something that LGBTQ athletes can relate with as well. Right. Uh, totally, totally uh, feel for you there. I mean, I had a bout of that myself in high school, just, just feeling different. I don't... It must be really nice if you never, ever really, really, truly felt that way. I'm not talking about, oh, my gosh, I don't have the newest Georgias in high school. I feel different. I mean, like you in your body, you feel different. You don't know how to handle it. You see people around you making fun of people that you're having the same thoughts as. It's like, well, I kind of find him attractive, too, but they're bullying this dude in the locker room right now. 
It was like that type of different. And so hopefully what we're doing today, even today can change that type of aspect for some athletes out there. Now on a more positive note, I do want to talk about tennis a little bit. Uh, how did your love for tennis even come about ETN? So I would say my love for tennis came about probably a dozen or so years ago. Mm-hmm. It was, um, I think either 2008 or 2009, I was watching um, the Williams sisters play each other in the final of Wimbledon. And I think that was my first real, out of the first real view just of tennis sort of on a global stage. And I think just since then, uh, I just, I love the Williams sisters and I just, I love watching them play. I love watching them play doubles. I'm going to be really sad when they retire. So I'm going to need a minute the day that that happens. So, <laughs> I'm going to call um, you and be like, you all right? You all right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please do call me. So um, I feel like that's just sort of how it started. And I think that the Williams sisters just created just sort of this avenue for Black people to get into tennis because mm-hmm. I know they probably inspired both men and Black men and women just mm-hmm. to get into the sport. And I feel like they've done such an amazing job with that and just really helping to increase probably the diversity of tennis. Um, yeah. So I say that's probably how I really got into it. And then when I was younger, um, I did start playing tennis around 10 years old. And my dad would take my sister and I to the park and um, he would hit balls with us, but he was really focusing on uh, my sister as I was definitely during the time really starting to play football and baseball. Mm-hmm. So that's also have experience with that, just sort of playing tennis on a young age. And yeah, just since then, I've just been watching tennis and um, playing tennis whenever I can and just mm-hmm. plan on doing that for as long as I live as I just love the sport so much. Wow. Now at the professional level in tennis, are there... What do you think about the LGBTQ representation in, in tennis? Like, is it like, are there known out tennis players out there? Or do you think there's some work to be done? What do you think about all that? Um, I know on the women's side, there are out, out, LGBTQ, out, out LGBTQ um, women, mm-hmm. but not on the men's side that oh. I know. Of. Yeah. And I know that that's probably a real issue in work that, that, does need to be done. Now, with that being said, I know that tennis is an international sport. And I know that all around the world, homosexuality, such as in Africa, is definitely looked down upon. So I can definitely see that sort of being a barrier in terms of LGBTQ inclusion, because all around the world, not everyone is sort of part of that accepting culture when it does come to um, homosexuality and LGBTQ. Um, right. So I know that's probably one thing that might be holding it back. But mm-hmm. with that being said, I think that there still maybe be some work to be done just to help LGBTQ people um, in tennis pro players feel included and not feel like they not feel afraid of coming out. Yeah, because I feel like that's a lot of work yeah. um, that could be done there. That's true. And, you know, I would love to see Miss Serena Williams come out there with like a rainbow uh wristband or something like that you know give me a old sickening cat suit rainbow cat suit or something like that <laughs> a little sickening you know skirt whatever but um when i say for those of you who don't know the lingo sickening is like 
cute, good, like over it, like she's done. But um, <laughs> like give me something like that in the tennis world because uh, I think that would be really welcome in this day and age, it's 2020. Yeah, I think that's maybe one thing players could do is just show, I don't know, just say their support for the LGBTQ community because, you know, players do have press conferences after matches and things like that, but that never really seems to come up. So I feel like that's something that just sort of start talking about and having a conversation of just that inclusive culture, I yeah. think can be a small step in really helping with LGBTQ inclusion. I wonder... If we really put our minds to it, ETN, if we could get tennis players to start wearing a rainbow wristband, like if we came up with some type of program, you know, for LGBTQ inclusion in tennis that we can say, hey, this is a symbol of what we're trying to stand for. There's plenty of tennis players out there that are part of our community. Do you want to be an ally? Do you represent what we want to um, have represent? I think we could be onto something there. Yeah, I would be all for that because I think it's just a, a simple sign of just showing support for the LGBTQ community. So I think that would be great and that would go a long way. I know that the US Open in the past has had Pride Nights, I believe. So I know that's maybe one way of showing uh, support for, I know, at least LGBTQ fans, but yeah. just really towards, you know, players, I think that could go a long way. Exactly. Um, who is your favorite football player and who is your favorite tennis player? Um, so my favorite tennis player, I'll start with the first favorite tennis player, other than the Williams sisters, I would say probably Rafael Nadal, just because I love watching him compete and just give everything that he has on every single point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I just that uh, I just love watching him play just because of that, that he would never give up until the last point. So I just really admire him for that. And mm-hmm. it's going to be sad when he retires at 12. Um, and then sort of for my favorite football player, I'm not going to lie. I don't watch that much football anymore. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I just don't watch that much football anymore. I well. just sort of had 11 years of it. <laughs> I, well, I do want to talk about Rafael Nadal. Now, I never played like a lick of tennis, really. If I have, it's probably just hitting the balls back and forth. Is it really that hard? Like when they serve, like how fast is that ball coming at you? Like a serve from Rafael, like so probably from Rafael Nadal serves can probably be as go as fast as 125, 130 miles an hour, and so even for even bigger servers, uh-huh. they can get. 140 145 miles an hour so yeah the ball comes extremely fast and you only have god knows probably like half a second or something to react so it's pretty incredible just that not only are players able to serve that fast but tennis players are able to react that fast as well to i'm wondering like the agility training in tennis like that must be so intense like your reaction time and like shuffling and left and right and stuff like that, sprinting. Oh my gosh, I bet that is like intense. Um, yeah, tennis is definitely a tennis is definitely a lateral and horizontal sport. Just because you do have to be in the right position each time to hit um, to hit the right shot, and 
Um, I would just say, yeah, just working on your reaction time because sometimes the ball hits the net and just will dribble over on to your side and you have to sprint forward to get it. So you do have to be prepared for anything and being able to react. That's a to have in tennis <laughs> you better have some ankles of steel too <laughs> starting exactly. and stopping yeah. like that i bet them shin splints be hurting <laughs> yeah oh my god so i was actually playing doubles i played a doubles match on monday mm-hmm. um and i actually ended up injuring my achilles <gasps> so oh, that's that funny that you brought that up with just yeah. the starting and the stopping because just because of that uh, that happened to me for injuring my Achilles. So it it definitely happens, and you need to be able to read. Uh, sorry, you need to be able to have that sort of stop and start reactions. Uh-huh. You didn't rupture it, did you? I don't believe I did because okay. I can certainly I can walk, and I feel like it could have been a lot worse to the point where I couldn't walk. Yeah. So I feel like I'm fortunate in that it's not mm-hmm. as bad as it could have been. But I'm just icing, I'm just resting and just sort of taking it day by day. So right. <laughs> That's good. Well, I hope you have a full recovery. And to uh to wrap this interview up, you mentioned that your favorite tennis players on the female side is uh the Williams sisters. And I just want everybody out there, my favorite Serena Williams moment is not on the court. It's in Beyonce's sorry video where she was shaking her ass in this black leotard and gave me my entire effing life so <laughs> please check was, that out <laughs> i was so surprised to see her in that video and i think mm-hmm. i saw like a facebook message just on her page or something about it just make sure you watch her lemonade um video album and then i saw her and then i was wow yeah I, I was just take it away from i was so surprised it was great it was everything <laughs> she did that is everything you know what else is everything this interview was everything etn <laughs> i am so happy you you came on this show and because i really think this episode will inspire a lot of a lot of athletes out there hearing your story and so with that said uh everybody out there listening please be true be you and be fierce i cannot stress that enough if you are a part of the LGBTQ community and you're an athlete, there are places out there, more and more increasingly places for you to go to, to seek help with whatever you want to deal with, whatever you're going through. Uh, we're out here. Hit us up. All right. Everybody take care. <laughs>